We have Jason Mathers on the line. He's the director of Vehicles and Energy at Environmental Defense Fund. Uh, would you explain what you're all about, Jason? Yeah. Hey, Rhett. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Environmental Defense Fund's uh, one of the world's leading environmental organizations, and uh, we recently launched uh, a campaign called Power Up America, um, you know, through which you know we end, we aim to ramp up clean transportation and clean energy infrastructure to boost the economy. And to do this, we need 100% clean electric power by 2035, all new cars to be zero polluting by 2035, and all new trucks and buses to be zero polluting by 2040. Okay, I, I, I guess I like the idea because I'm I'm uh, I want to I, I think we need to be good stewards of Mother Earth. The only thing is right now, I've got friends that have electric cars. Like uh, what's the most popular mm-hmm. one? The uh, starts with a T. What's that one? Tesla. Tesla. The Tesla. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. But sure. you know, it's it it'll only go what two hundred and fifty miles or something, and then you have to take a half an hour to to charge it up or something like that. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the general range is about 250 miles. Um, you know, there are some, uh, you know, that go upwards of 300, right? I know the uh, Ford uh, Mustang Mach-E, you know, has, uh, I think, 305 um, range. But I think, you know, it's important to, to recognize, Rhett, that, you know, most, you know, uh, most trips are, you know, well under that, right? You know, the daily drive you know, would be, you know, it was 30 miles, 40 miles, right? And instead of, um, you know, spending a few minutes every couple of days at the gas station, right, uh, drivers will just be able to um, plug in at their garages at night. Um, and so overall, they'll save time, they'll save a lot of money. Uh, but it is true that, you know, when you have a, uh, a long road trip, right, where you might have to go, um you know, over 250 or three, uh, 300 miles, you know, you'll have to uh, find a, uh, a fast-charging station and, uh, yeah, charge up uh, over the course of a half yeah. hour. Yeah, I think that, but, you longer. know, every summer I want to, I drive up to Vermont all the way from Florida, and that takes, mm-hmm. I usually do that, uh, you know, maybe six hours, six to eight hours a day for two or three days of driving, uh, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that means I'll only be able to travel. Let's see, two hundred and fifty miles is five hours of driving, because you figure it's an hour for every fifty miles, right? Sure. That's what sure. truck truckers say, anyway. But you know, uh, so, but now I have a friend of mine. He has a used Ford. I don't think they're making it anymore. But he said the last time he had a fill up, he got one thousand six hundred miles out of that fill up because the car. <laughs> Uh, like shuts down at a red light and then starts up again, and I guess it sure. runs on the battery. I'm not sure, exactly sure what he has. It's not a Prius, but it's a little Ford. Huge um, Ford, Ford Fusion, probably. So, yeah. How do you feel about partial gas and partial electric, like that? Um, sure. I mean, I think that's a that's a potential solution. I mean, I, I think that you know, as we think about you know moving to zero emission, um, right? We're talking about. Um, you know, uh, 2035, right? All new trucks uh, or all new cars, passenger cars being zero emission, um, all new heavy trucks and buses by 2040, right? And part of the reason that we're talking about that time frame is that, you know, we have really good technology today, um, and, you know, our batteries are getting better year over year, right? We see costs are dropping at about 18% a year, um, we also see, you know, energy density going up with these batteries. 
So, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, I think a lot of your listeners will be able to move to electric, um, you know, in the next four or five years, right? If you want that car that you're going to be able to drive up to Vermont, um, you know, and only charge, um, you know, when you're sleeping at night, you might, you, you might be, you know, six, seven, eight years out. Uh, but uh, both with the, the pace of the technology and the, the, the cost dropping, right, I think there's a really robust uh, pathway, you know, for these vehicles. Now, uh, the, the, uh, the, my friend just invested in Tesla, or a while back invested in Tesla. And I don't know, I think he spent 600 and something dollars for each stock. It's gone up to I think eight hundred, but there's a lady, some some sort of a lady that's a counselor in this stuff, and she says she believes Tesla's going to go up to eight thousand dollars a share, which sounds ridiculous, but it's a possibility. What about investing? You know, investing in electric trucks and buses. Uh, this is the new wave. It's a great question. Um, you know, I I am not um, you know uh, in. Um, you know, an investment uh, advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess you know. I I would. It's clear that the industry is going towards zero emission, and I think investors are seeing that, which is why you see you know Tesla being high, but you also see um, you know companies like Rivian, and there was a company called I think Helon, and there was uh, uh, just a couple months ago a company called Nikola, right? That of all um, you know raised you know, um, hundreds of millions to billions of dollars um, because, um, you know, they are um, offering, you know, you know, zero emission solutions. And you now see a lot of the established manufacturers, be it General Motors or Ford or in the truck side, folks like, you know, Freightliner and Mac who are investing, again, hundreds of millions to billions of dollars to develop these solutions because, both they see this as the, the future of the industry, and they see that you know the uh, you know the investors are rewarding companies that are bringing zero emission solutions to the fore. Hmm. Oh, so, what's your purpose of being on my show today? What do you want to accomplish? I think what we wanted to do was just raise awareness of um, you know the um, emergence of zero emission trucks and buses in particular, right, to make sure that your listeners knew that these were, um, you know, becoming an increasingly viable alternative, right, so things like zero-emission semi-trucks, zero-emission delivery trucks, um, and know that, you know, as a country, right, we need to make a, um, an investment, a down payment to ensure that, um, you know, we can, you know, uh, grow this industry um, and have the jobs associated with making the trucks of the future in, um, you know, uh, housed here in America. Now, uh, I'm presuming, <clears throat> I mean, the presumption is, I guess, that the Biden administration is going to focus more on electric trucks and buses in addition to electric cars. you think so? I hope so. I definitely hope so. Right? I mean, we think that there's uh, um, a great opportunity if the administration chooses to go this way, both to put in place, um, you know, new standards that will drive um, the industry transition over time and to be making, um, you know, investments uh, into that manufacturing capacity. Okay, now listen, I was told to ask you 
uh, about environmental racism. I have no idea what that means. It says, why is truck pollution tied to environmental racism? What does that mean? Yeah, it's a good question, right? So trucks, um, you know, are uh, about 4% of the trucks, uh, vehicles on the road account for a quarter of the pollution, right? A lot of that pollution, um, you know, are these things like particulate matter and nitrous oxide. Um, and trucks generally tend to operate um, in clusters, right, around things like logistics facilities like distribution centers and warehouses, right, and, you know, obviously operating a lot on highways. Um, and, you know, th- those facilities are often, you know, co-located, um, you know, in, uh, in or near communities of color. And so as a result, what, what we see in, in our country is that, um, you know, black communities and Latino communities are exposed to uh, about 25% uh, more toxic pollution from um, vehicles than the national average. And that has real uh, consequences for asthma and prevalence of certain kinds of cancers and ultimately for life expectancy. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about what the Environmental Defense Fund now is now are you trying to solicit funds today by being on my show or who do you get your funding from the government do you get it from uh, businesses and, and what what are, you, what are you guys up to yeah so what we're trying to do is, is to raise awareness right so we're an environmental advocacy organization you know who um, you know works uh, both with uh, large companies to develop and deploy best practices but also to um, you know push uh, for our political leaders to um, uh, develop and put forward the environmental protections that we need, right? And so we are uh, funded through um, a membership right, and, do- and uh, individual donors, uh, and so we do not take corporate money, we don't take government money, uh, but what I'm looking to do today is just to make sure that your listeners you know, understand that we're really at the beginning of a... Um, of a transformation sure. in our economy around vehicles in particular, and that um, you know we have a choice to make as a society: uh, do we want um, you know cleaner cars and trucks and the jobs that go um, along with making them, or not? So, well, how do you get your funding? I mean, is there some rich dude that started this and gave you a few million bucks to get started, or who starts something like this? I'm just uh, this is just curiosity. It's no no trick question. It's yeah, just that I have no. an, I have an so eighth gra- I have an eighth grade diploma. I don't know how these things work, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the well, truth. so the Environmental Defense Fund was uh, uh, started uh, over 50 years ago um, by um, uh, a group of. of um, bird watchers, right, who were, you know, in Long Island and um, were seeing the osprey uh, population plummet, right, ultimately as a result of uh, DDT pollution at the time. Um, And so we've been around for, um, you know, since then, um, and, you know, we have an annual report online that notes our funding sources, but, you know, it's really, you know, breaks down, I would say, you know, into three large buckets, right? We have, you know, individual members who are folks that might give us, you know, 25 you know, to $50 a year. Um, you know, I think collectively we have, um, you know, upwards of, uh, I don't have the latest numbers off the top of my head, but somewhere between, you know, 500,000 and, and a million members and, and supporters, 
right? And then we have um, institutional foundations. Uh, how many supporters? Um, a quarter. Support over- uh, hold on. You said a quarter of a million. I said like uh, I. I yeah, like half a million uh, to a million. I, I don't have the numbers off. Really? The most recent numbers off. Wow, off shift, uh, that's head, phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to buy your list from you. <laughs> 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 now, now, listen, now, Jason. First, how old are you? That's uh, a good question. I'm forty-five, I guess. Okay, because you're, like you're a young forty-five. Which is about appropriate, because if I was 45, so you'd be, uh, yeah, 25. You sound about 25 to me, because I'm 67, you see? So you're, okay. you're, so you're, okay. a, young, you're a youngster in my book. But what I, I, I'm always okay. curious about how a guy like you, now you're the director. Of, of, it says yep. the director of vehicles and energy at Environmental Defense Fund. So they actually have a director just to oversee the vehicles and the energy thing, right? And so, how do, who are you? Yeah, and how I did you get? Yeah. How did you get into this position? Did you have a a passion for pollution uh, environment, or did you just get an education and saw help wanted it? Or how does a guy like you get into it? Uh, I hope you don't mind me asking this. I'm just always curious no, about people. No. Yeah, no, it's a great question. You know, Rhett. I mean, I think you know my path. Um, you know, was I. Uh, um, after after high school, I was in the Navy for four years. Thank you very uh, much. Think, Thank you, you know, for serving. Thank you for serving. Oh, absolutely, it was a, it was a really real treat to be able to do that. My dad, my dad uh, was a Navy guy. My da- my dad was a Navy guy. He, he went he went in without his high school diploma, and when he got on board, they yep. said, "Okay, all the guys that have high school diplomas to the left, you're in training for officer training. All the ones without him on the right." And he knew right then he'd made a big mistake. When he got out a couple of years later, he, he ran out, got his GED, immediately went to school, went to pre law, then went to Syracuse and became an attorney at law. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. That is a, that's a great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, I think you know, just kind of having a bit of time to kind of reflect on what I wanted to do, right? I wanted to help make a difference in this world, and yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, environmental matters and the, the impact on human health and community health has always been something that's really spoke to me. So I've been cool. you know, doing this work um, ever since. How much, how long have you been doing this? Uh, I guess 20, 20 years. Oh my word! Now. Oh my word! You're yeah. catching up to me, kid. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's go. Now, where are you geographically in the United States right now? So, I am in Boston, Massachusetts. Right? Oh. Environmental Defense Fund right, is, um, you know, a national organization. We have offices uh, in Tampa and in uh, Austin, Texas, and Bentonville, Arkansas, and Chicago, and New York, and D.C. or well, uh, you know, all over the place. Okay. So, the next time you come to Florida. Now, you're on the opposite side of me, but I have a nephew. He's yeah. uh, 18, and he's just started at uh, Eckert. He's getting an uh, engineering school over there at college. And so next time you're coming to Tampa or something, either you can come over here or I'll come over there, and I'd like to interview you face-to-face. This is an important issue. We also publish a magazine over here, and perhaps uh, we can give you some some. Uh, public relations help, uh, you know, in our magazine, because I'm concerned about, I'm really concerned about our environment. I think man is killing himself. Uh, we're doing, a, I think we're doing a little bit better than most countries, but when you see these big floating, they ha- they said there's the size of Long Island, there's a bar, a, a group, a bunch of 
garbage in the out in the out in the ocean. Yeah. And and you you're a guy yeah, who was a Navy it. guy, so I presume you had a penchant yep. and a love for the waters around the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, EDF, you know, they're focused on you know what some of the issues that we work on. I don't directly work on. But is you know um, health of our oceans and the in the you know fish populations and ensuring we have thriving fisheries globally, um, and obviously you know that you know uh, marine pollution is a is a challenge to all of that. Now listen, where can listeners find out more about you, Jason, about the uh, uh, environmental defense fund? Yeah, uh, edf dot org slash um, power up america. Okay. Why do they always have to make it complicated? Why can't it just be edf.org, you know? I'm a simple guy. Well, and that I will get you to our, our, main, our main site, yeah. and if you want to know more about this particular campaign. Oh, okay. So, so it's edf.org slash what? Power Up America. Power Up America. Now I've been seeing these videos on Facebook of like these big these buses buses and and big trucks eighteen wheelers that are running without a driver. I mean, how are you are you up on this stuff? I mean, how close are we to having, you know? I mean, because sooner or later maybe a truck will drive itself and then it'll pull up to a charging yeah. station. No human time will be spent. It'll just the truck will be sitting there charging and then it backs off automatically and then drives on. I mean, you know. I don't know. Do you know? Yeah. Do you keep up with that stuff? I, you know, not as not as much as I probably should should wrap. I mean, I think like on the autonomous, like there's clearly a lot of uh, really smart people doing really interesting work yeah. on the auto- autonomous vehicles and lots of uh, resources going in here. And I guess my um, you know my perspective is that we probably you know you know see some of that kind of more driver assisted. Technology, but I, I'm pretty skeptical that um, you know that'll be ready in the near term for you know real urban driving and interacting with people. Um, you know, and that's that's the real challenge, right? That how do you predict? You know, how do you predict? You know, how pedestrians or drivers or you know other folks are gonna um, gonna react? Now, every you know, a lot of people put profit first. Now, of course, the, the, the left side, I'm, I happen to be on the more conservative side politically, but the, I think the left side uses a large brush and paints all Republicans or uh, businesses you know, that are owned by Republicans as not caring about the environment that they put profit first. Um, do you find, that, is, is that true? Or Because, because you, you know, people don't realize there are more Democrat billionaires and, 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 and rich folks and businesses owned by Democrats than there are Republicans, and yet Republicans seem to get chewed out all the time, like they, they kind of glut the people together like they're not caring, where I think a lot of Republicans do care. What, what, what is your, what, and this is just for an honest take. There's no, there's no right or yeah. wrong answer here. I just want to know what you think. Yeah, I mean, we're... Yeah, and I mean, yes, we're a nonprofit, uh, nonpartisan organization, but right? we need solutions from um, from all sides. Yeah. And so, you know, I know I'm working a lot with, um, you know, companies, you know, large and small, uh, who, you know, are you know are uh, in the early stages of you know or deploying zero emission vehicles in the trucks, right? Uh, because you know they have leadership that's committed 
to um, you know making this transition. And so, you know, I think as as we think about this uh, from a nonpartisan perspective, you know, we think we see you know benefits uh, from an environmental um, health perspective. Uh, we see benefits from a national security perspective, or we see benefits from a job creation uh, perspective, and just uh, wish that folks would uh, put aside their partisan blinders and kind of really engage on the issue. And I, and I stand, you know, pretty confident that you know, um, you know, if if our policy leadership, policymaker leadership did that, they would see investing in zero emission cars and trucks be a priority for our country. All right. So uh, let's see. What, 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 can, how, what can listeners do to, 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 to learn more and to do more? What, what do you want us to do? Um, yeah. I mean, I, so I think, um, you know, uh, one thing, right, would be to, you know, uh, learn more at the, you know, edf.org. Um, you can follow this issue here. Um, I would say um, use your voice, right, as citizens to let policymakers know that um, you support a transition to zero emission uh, solutions. It's inevitable. Solutions. It's inevitable. Yeah. But okay. Well, what about? Well, let me ask you one. But, yeah. What about the people that say though that, that? What about the people that say though that it causes a lot of pollution to 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 create that energy that's then put into the cars? Is that valid at all? No, it's, you know, so we have, um, I mean, obviously electric cars, right, are getting, you know, get power from the electric grid. Yeah. Um, and across the country, the electric grid is, um, you know, is cleaner than, um, uh, you know, burning fuel directly. And it's yeah. also a lot more uh, energy efficient, right? When you're, um, you know, when you're uh, burning diesel or burning gas, the vast majority of the energy content is, is just is wasted as heat, right? Which is why you never want to touch, you know, any part of an engine or exhaust system, you know, uh, of a vehicle because it get really hot. Um, but you know, the electric drive is is really really efficient. And uh, let me just going to pull up the numbers for Florida specifically. But you know, if you were to run an electric delivery truck mm-hmm. in Florida today, mm-hmm. you're cutting your pollution impact. Uh, compared to powering it with uh, uh, diesel by 62%. Right? And that's really wow. cleaner over time. 62. Uh, you know, I, I, I yep. sometimes walk a bridge. I happen to have my my home and my studio near uh, a bridge. And, and a lot of people walk over that bridge to get exercise. But there's a lot of trucks and stuff accelerating going up that bridge. Isn't it bad for people? And people are trying to get healthy. I don't think they should be doing it on a bridge. Would you say that it's kind of unhealthy to be breathing in all that diesel fuel and stuff? Yeah, I mean, diesel fuel is is really bad for people, right? I mean, and it, and it leads to asthma and, um, you know, uh, increases of respiratory cancers, and it's just not... It's not good stuff to be breathing, which is why we need to move away. You move to zero emission solutions and prioritize, um, uh, you know, that making that transition in urban environments, right? Because we want to maximize uh, positive health outcomes for people. Now, I want to say this, Jason. 
Jason Mathers, they got the right guy. I mean, your enthusiasm, your clarity of speech and mind uh, concerning the Environmental Defense Fund, I want to thank you for coming on my show. You've done a great job today. I mean, I know we jumped around a lot. I hope you don't mind. But uh, I've, I've really enjoyed oh, this. And I, I, but, but I do want you to know you have an open door here, okay? Uh, you, anytime you want, you have your, your agent or whatever, whoever booked you on the show, have you, you, you connect with me and we'll have you on here, okay? Okay, we'd love, love to do that again, Rhett. Is there, so is there, now, is there anything else you want to say other than go to edf.org? Or well, he for, has to get to his next interview. I okay. got a call from the producer. Okay, we got to let you go according to the producer. But we'll talk to you soon, okay, Jason? Okay. Thank you.